hello. <laughs> we didn't determine an opener, so that's, I guess, what we're going with. We're going to talk about burnout. It's spooky season. It's <laughs> <is> spooky. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's dive in. So all the definitions and symptoms and everything mentioned in the episode are obtained from an article called Burnout on Psychology Today. So what is burnout? The definition of it is a state of emotional, mental, and often physical exhaustion brought on by prolonged or repeated stress. We're going to talk about it in terms of our job, but burnout isn't always associated with work. It can be home life, relationships, parenting, all that jazz um but we're going to talk about it in terms of our job at least i don't think i've ever actually heard people use burnout for anything other than work yeah um i've heard burnout in relationships i think i've had burnout in a relationship i think most often it is associated with work with work yeah um burnout what causes it So it most often occurs when a person is not in control of how a job is carried out, either at work or at home, um, and is asked to complete tasks that conflict with their sense of self. So lack of control can lead to burnout, which makes a lot of sense. You always want things to go how you want them to go. (laughs) Right. And then, I mean, most people that I know of that have burnout are entry level because they're being told what they can and can't do. Yes. That has not been a fun part of learning this role. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, every institution you work at, I mean, you've only done grad school. And here, I've worked at three different institutions full time. And it's so different everywhere you go. So you're relearning everything and you have to unlearn what you already learned. Right. And it's just exhausting. And then I think sometimes even just like, your own personal opinion like the way that I would approach something is very different than the way that like the person who's supervising me would approach it but I have to kind of do it their way almost absolutely I mean just literally today this morning after having to have yet another accountability conversation with one of my staff members I was texting my friend and I was like I just want the fun part of my job to come back because I feel like lately it's only been accountability conversations there hasn't been anything else that I've been doing for the last two weeks aside from like telling my staff members to step up and like meet expectations because we're just at that point of the semester where everybody's tired and they're letting things fall so their burnout is causing my burnout and it's just a vicious cycle oh yeah yeah we've hit the point where it's like the fun of training and getting to know everybody and getting situated, it's gone. And we've hit that brick wall and it's just, everything is just happening at one time. Yeah. Midterms is hitting people really hard right now. <laughs> Listen, when I finished grad school, I thought I was done with the midterm, like, like pain, but no, no, still here. I don't think you'll ever be done with it as long as you're working in higher ed. Yeah. I never really put two and two together that like they, the, stress and pain of it that my like students are experiencing I'm also going to experience like I didn't really connect the dots oh yeah secondhand stress is a very real thing in this role especially since we're having so many meetings with them and in every meeting we ask how are you doing how are your classes going and if they say not good you're like oh shoot 
let's make it better. And so like you're taking on that stress as well. And then you're stressed trying to figure out how to make them not stressed. Mm -hmm. Again, a vicious cycle. Literally terrible. Yeah, pretty much the worst. But like we do it because we love them. We love the job. Yeah, I would rather I be stressed and take it from them than them just hold it all themselves. Absolutely. But at some point there has to be a limit because you also have your own stress. You have your own life, you have your partner, you have everything that you do outside of the role that could lead to some amount of stress, but then you're also taking on all of their stress. Right. And I don't have someone in a similar, well, I mean, like I I do and that I have a supervisor, but I don't do it the same way. Like, I don't feel like the relationship between me and my supervisor is the same as like me and my, all my staff. Like, it's not like, I don't vent in a similar way that, that I, that they do with me. Oh, absolutely. That would be, it would, it would feel weird. Like I do in a joking way, but I've never, I never try to like <laughs> take it seriously. Like I'll make a joke about something that's stressing me out and then like move on. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's just kind of like a little, get a little taste. Mm-hmm. Here's just like a little sprinkle for fun. Yep. And, then, and then move um, on. <laughs> and then here's what's going on with my staff. Yep. <laughs> Let's see. How do you know if you're burned out? <laughs> just constant dread mm-hmm. like I wake up in the morning and I'm like oh I have to go to work instead of being excited about it like I was before right so psychology today says that a lot of the symptoms of burnout are as follows physical and mental exhaustion <laughs> got it um, a sense of dread about work you just said Whoops. that um, frequent feelings of cynicism, anger, or irritability. So these are kind of the key, the key signs there. Um, and I think for myself, like, hits the nail on the head. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> I know right now you and I are both experiencing um, an unfortunate amount of burnout. Yes. Um, we just, we've hit the wall a little bit. So I know that I tend to get frustrated easily, and I just... I feel bad about it and I try really hard not to like I try really hard to harness it like I don't let it out on other people but like I feel a lot of internal frustration and like you said about dread coming into work gosh I don't I don't want to do it sometimes but I gotta because I got those 9 30 meetings literally and it stinks so much because like I did this I signed up for this because I love it and then to not love it anymore is just such a weird feeling. Like, I still love it. And I know that it's just, this is just, like, a moment in time and that it'll pass, hopefully. Um, but I've never woken up and been like, oh, I really don't want to go to work. Right. And I think the current environment, like, the current state of the world, I think also has a lot to do with it. Like, right. the COVID burnout is real as well. Oh, oh, yeah. And I think the COVID burnout in residence halls is... I mean, I don't want to, like, quantify it as being worse or a different kind of, like, bad. But, like, we also have the added layer of, like, put your mask on. Telling everybody around you, put your mask on. So it's the repetition of, like, I know that I'm going to go into the office and I know I'm going to see people not following the mask guidelines or social distancing or whatever it is. And it's just that continuing cycle of, like, I have to do this and it's not fun. Right. It's the joy out of it. Well, earlier today, I found myself checking my email while I was walking so I didn't have to look up and see students not wearing masks. 
<laughs> which is so bad for many reasons because one, then they're just walking past me and I don't even notice it. But also that moment that I could be just like walking and enjoying like just not staring at a computer, I'm still doing it. I'm still staring at my email. And I, my office has a door that is directly next to the exit. So <laughs> people are coming in and out of that all day long. I'm constantly getting interrupted and there's constantly people walking past and I've had to start like shutting my door most of the way so I can't see people because I would literally never get work done because I would just consistently have to be writing incident reports mm-hmm. about every single person that I see not wearing a mask. Because I mean, coming in, they're either just putting it on or there's a complete right. different part of like, I don't care, I'm not going to put on my mask anyways. Or they're getting ready to go outside. So they're like, whatever, I'm going to take it off in two seconds. Might as well take it off now. The number of people who actually wear their masks as they walk past my office very low yeah I'm lucky that that's not the case for me most of the time if they're walking past my office they're wearing a mask because my office is a little bit deeper into the building right you have to go through a little bit of a maze to get get (laughs) so if I see them they're pretty much always masked right whereas mine you literally like walk through the door and oh there's my office and so I'm just right there available to everybody also I know our director said this in a meeting on Monday saying that October is usually the quiet time for everybody, like quiet time in higher ed, quiet time in housing. Sounds fake. Sounds fake. And I also feel like October is the time that I get the most burnout. Yeah. Aside from like opening and closing because those are stressful in and of themselves. I actually feel like opening and closing don't really burn. Like they're not really that bad for me in, in that there's an end goal. That's very clear that everyone is going for at the same time. And so it's easier for me to like stay focused, but it's like this in-between part where it's like everything is happening, but nothing is happening. That is when I just can't handle it anymore. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I did, I guess I didn't think of it that way of like, there is a goal. Whereas right now it's just midterms. So like everybody's like a big ball of stress and yeah. gosh, October is like the time to have huh. roommate conflicts, I guess. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. It's like, you made it this long. Do you really? <laughs> <laughs> You've made it through nine weeks. Really? We can't survive another seven. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that October being the quiet time, like you said, sounds kind of fake. So we, we mentioned that we're uh, both feeling a good bit of burnout right now. How do you deal with it? What do you do? I don't have anything, which I think is part of my problem. Um, Like I try to step away from it, but especially with like, you know, being part of the on-call rotation, there's only so much that I can do because certain times there are certain points in the month or whatever, where I literally can't step away because at any moment I will get pulled back in. So like when I'm on call, I feel like I can't even read a book, which is usually what I would do. I would like read a book to kind of step into like a different world with different problems that are not mine. <laughs> um, but I feel like I can't because I feel like the second I crack it up in a book, I'm going to get a call and have to be like yanked from this universe back right into reality. Absolutely. It's hard. Um, I mean, we don't have a physical separation. Mm-hmm because we live on campus we live in residence halls so even if we're not working we're working because we we're physically here if yep if sitting in our apartments doesn't matter day or night if something wild goes on or there's a crazy noise that you hear outside like you have to go 
Mm -hmm. You can't just not because then we're not doing our jobs. And so that definitely creates an additional level of burnout, whether you have something, a way of dealing with your burnout or not, like we are constantly here. Mm -hmm. And then the way that like, sometimes I've noticed it's difficult for like RAs to kind of pull away and realize like, just because I'm here, doesn't mean I'm here. Um, and like, I've heard stories and this didn't happen to me in particular, but like people who would be in their like on-campus apartments and then the RAs would reach out to them, but they wouldn't answer because they weren't on call and they were busy. And then they'd get another message from NRA saying like, it's like, oh, I can hear your TV. So I know you're home. Like what? Like, (laughs) what? Were they, like, standing outside the door, like, ear-pressed against the door? Well, and I noticed this at a few different institutions. Some of them have the, um, like, the the staff apartment is literally right next to the office. So, like, the RAs were in the RA office, which was attached to the apartment. Oh, what a terrible layout. Right? <laughs> if it's, means- yeah, it was, like, right next to it. I was like, geez. That sounds awful. My second apartment in like the res life world was just off the lobby. So like you literally like walk through the front doors and the elevators are directly in front of you. And to the right was my apartment. So I could hear everything that happened in the lobby. I could hear every conversation that was being said to the point that I was like, I wish I couldn't be hearing some of the things you're saying because I'm worried about you. Like, I don't know what you're saying. Like, I don't need to know every detail of the party that you were just at. So, yeah, I can understand the noise situation being stressful because I've been through it, unfortunately. Right. I can't have anybody be like, I can hear you. Why aren't you answering? Because I have no boundaries and I will answer always. But Maybe don't do that, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm working on it. It's fine. Listen, I was told if I'm not on call and I'm not on to message my staff and say, I'm turning my phone off. (laughs) If you need me in case of an emergency, email me and then literally turn the phone off. Does that give you as much anxiety as it gives me? Absolutely. Absolutely. But does that not also then contribute to our burnout? Because we're so burnt out, but we also won't put it away. It, it just feels like we, it's part of the technology thing, right? Like we are always available. Mm-hmm. I think that our role is a little bit unique at our current school because we were given phones. Like we have our personal phones and then we have right. our other cell phone that we use. Oh, right. I should have clarified that when I said turn off the phone part, like not just like turn off my phone, but like turn off the department phone that I was given. Right. So our department phones like we can turn those off and we can like set those aside, but it it still feels like I'm missing out on something. Maybe it's a little bit of FOMO. Um, like I, I don't necessarily have a fear of missing out of like that. I'm not having the fun that they are having because I don't but know that you're going to miss something big and it's going to affect right. the rest of your, like your like day, like the next day or whatever. Right. It is definitely a fear there that like something is going to happen and I'm not going to know about it. 
I mean, I'm going to know about it because if something that big happens that would affect me, like somebody will call my personal phone. Right. Somebody will let me know, but it's still that fear of like, what if they need me and I'm not there for them? Right. Yeah. It's uh, not fun. (laughs) Uh, No, not, not the most fun I've ever had in my entire life, but you know, like we said before, we do it because we love it. We love it. And I hate the way that burnout makes you question how much you love it. It does. Like, I did not start in housing, which is where I am now. But I uh, I joined it because I loved it. Like, it from outside looking in, and even when I was in, it was everything that I wanted it to be and more. And now <laughs> I'm, like, hitting this wall, and I'm just like, do I love it? I do. Don't get me wrong. I do. Like, <laughs> I do. But sometimes it's just so much. Yeah, it is. And you you weren't an RA, right? Like in, Correct. in college? Okay. So you never even got the taste of like really what housing was from the, the student worker side of it. So you right. didn't really get to see that. Right. Okay. I knew and was very close to people that were. Um, which is how I got a taste for it in the first place. Um, but not like that, like, like as strong as like the taste that you got for it, obviously very different. Right. Yeah. We've had very, uh, very different paths for how we've gotten to where we are. Yes. (laughs) But I guess that's the beauty of higher ed and student affairs. I love it. Literally anywhere and be in the same role. I love it so much. I love talking about how, like, each person got from point A to point B. Like, it's so fun. It is. Uh, it's been a very weird trajectory that the two of us have have yes. had to end up now in the same place. Okay, so when dealing with burnout, we talked about boundaries and how I lack them. Um, but have you set any boundaries with your staff, with your coworkers, like, have you done that to make sure that you're not getting as burnt out? Um, I think I never really like set this one, but in the past I kind of had like a come knock on my door whenever kind of policy. And I feel like now it's more of a, like, like the RAs don't knock on my door and it's not because I told them that they couldn't, like I never said that, but it's an interesting boundary that I found that I actually kind of appreciate in a way because I'm able to like check out a little bit more and like at my past institutions and stuff, like they didn't knock on my door like every day. Like that wasn't a thing. (laughs) Um, But like here, no one knocks on my door ever. So that's been nice. And I think part of that is because of like past experiences that they've had with people, like different supervisors and stuff like that, that set that boundary themselves that now they've just carried on to me, which is an interesting experience as well. Yeah. My first two years in this type of role, I also didn't have the boundary of like, whatever you can, like I said that they could knock on my door anytime, kind of like you whenever. Just, like, you yeah. um, they took advantage of that. Like it was not like a periodic, it was like, Every time they went on a round, somebody was knocking on my door. So like oh, multiple wow. times a night, I was getting people knocking. There was like one or two RAs in particular who would do right. it more than others. Um, but like I had people knocking and being like, I am hot and there's no air conditioning in the building, but your apartment has AC. Can I come in? 
Like, right. That's weird. Right. But I was there. And so I was like, I mean, I guess like, sure. So I never created that boundary of separation. Crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. I've never let an RA into my space. Like they've never actually walked in. Um, except like maybe a couple steps to if they were helping me carry something in that was it oh no in the past there was no like private place to have a meeting so staff meetings were in my apartment I had a very small staff I mean there was only seven of them or seven or eight of them something like that um but they were in my apartment every week jeez yeah so then that space was mine because of the job was no longer mine because they knew that like they were comfortable in my space. Oh yeah. No, it was tough. I changed that the following year. I was like, we are finding literally anywhere else. (laughs) When I got my first staff, I actually said something about that. I mean, it was my first time having an apartment that was my own and I was excited about it and I just decorated it and was like, you know, I don't wouldn't mind having people come over. And so I was mentioning to my coworkers, I was like, maybe I'll have my weekly staff meetings in my apartment. And they all like looked at me and were like, don't know under no circumstances. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> that will it's not, not occur. It is no. not a good plan. I can tell you that from firsthand experience. Yeah. I'm really grateful for those coworkers. Cause, uh, <laughs> but when COVID happened and I was doing all of my, my staff meetings virtually, I was literally in my apartment the whole time. Like more often than not, I was like probably in my bedroom on like my bed with like a background up so that they wouldn't know. (laughs) Um, But then, yeah. So like I got that aspect where it felt like not even my bedroom was like, you know what I mean? Right. When I work from home, well, first of all, I try to avoid working from home because I need that separation of work and home as much as I can possibly get in our current role, which is very little. So I try not to work at home if I can avoid it at all. Obviously we're on call. Sometimes it's not avoidable because I don't want to go to my office at three o'clock in the morning. Like that doesn't make sense. I'm not going to get out of bed to go to the office to then come back to bed. Like that would be a waste of a waste. Um, But when I do work at home, I use my spare bedroom. So that way, that space is like an, a dedicated office space at home. Like I will not sit on my couch and do work. I won't sit in my bedroom and do work. I have to be in a dedicated space for it so that when I go to those other spaces in my apartment, it feels like home. It doesn't feel like work. That's really smart. I, I live with my partner and the spare bedroom is their space. Um, so I don't usually do that. Usually I, I won't take it like to the bedroom, but I'll do like the living room, like the, like the, um, dining room table or something. And another hard part for, for your location is you're a couple steps away from your office. So even when you're at work, are you really at work? You're pretty much at home. Right. It's very interesting. Like I don't really get much separation, um, unless I'm going to a different building because, you know, my office is no joke, just maybe, maybe a three minute, not even, I wouldn't even give it that. Most of the time that it takes is me unlocking the doors. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, at the beginning of this year, complained about my office not being in the same building that I lived in. 
um, as a joke. I was like (laughs) whining about it. I am so grateful now because I mean, like, yes, I have to go outside, but it's like a two minute walk between the buildings. Like life goes on. Um, But then there's like a building separation that I have to go down two flights of stairs and across a parking lot and into another building to get to my office so that when I leave work, I'm leaving it there rather than it being like a minute away from me yeah I try to always end the day in a different building so that I come home and I'm walking to from one building to another so at the very least at the end of the day I try to have that separation that makes sense um another boundary that I drew recently because we're working on drawing those boundaries we're in a, a group chat with our fellow coworker, and they have admitted to not having the best work-life balance. And I think that that was kind of rubbing off onto us to the point that like 10, 11 o'clock at night, we're texting between all of us, like about mm-hmm. work situations when maybe yeah. none of the, none of us are on call. It could be another person who's on call and we're still talking about work. And at some point, I mean, I was having a bad day. So like I let that frustration out in a way that maybe wasn't the most constructive, but I was able to say, I'm putting my phone down for the night. I need to like not think about work 24 seven or I'm going to lose my mind. So drawing that boundary, although like probably didn't go about it in the best way, I think it, it really like hit home the fact that like I need my time back right yeah I think that I mean sometimes I would be able to just ignore the text messages Uh, but then I'd feel bad because I know that you have a harder time ignoring text messages so then it would be like a back and forth between you and the other person and I'd be like okay I feel like I I should probably okay (laughs) but then I, I was really appreciative when you kind of drew that brown boundary because I think you did it for all three of us. And I think all three of us needed it more than like any of us would admit. Um, and like as sad, well, I wouldn't say sad, but as interesting as the way that it came about was, I mean, we're all still like friendly, like no, there's no hard feelings between everyone, but now we have that level of separation that we didn't have before. And I think we needed it. So that was good. Yeah, it definitely was... It could have been gone about in a better way. Correct. I'll say that. Um, but, you know, sometimes it takes that blow up to really get to the point. And I wouldn't even say that it was a blow up. I would say No, it really it was. wasn't. It was, um, I'd say the worst was maybe like a little blunt, but that's not even a terrible thing to be. Right. Um, I think that's just kind of who I am. I have, I'm very extreme. I'm either like, I sugarcoat everything or I'm blunt. There is no in between. So you're going to get what you do. So if I can't sugarcoat it and be super nice about it because that won't draw the boundary, I kind of have to be upfront, and that's just what we got out of that situation. Right. But I, like I said, I really appreciate it, and like I don't think I ever would have been brave enough to do it had you not done it first. <sighs> Took one for the team. You're welcome. Yeah, I appreciate you. I feel like in moments of burnout, especially if it's something that you love, like how we love what we do and we're feeling like these things that are making us question how much we really love it, like 
I know we talked about kind of talking to our supervisor, but not really ever actually venting. But I feel like these are things that like, if we told them, they'd be able to help us with more than we realized that they would be able to. And whether that means them encouraging us to take like <laughs> a day or or something like that, like, who knows what it could be. But like, I mean, we're entry level, as we have mentioned. <laughs> um, and they are experienced. And I mean, who's to say they haven't felt this exact same feeling? Oh, absolutely. So I know like it's hard sometimes to talk about this, especially with like people that are more like higher up than you are. Um, because I know, I don't know about you, but for me, it feels like if I talk about the fact that I feel this way, that it makes me feel incompetent. Um, but that's not true. That's not the case. And they are your supervisor for a reason. They're there to help and mentor you through it. And I just need to like tell myself that so I can actually try and talk to someone about like help (laughs) absolutely and I think that what you just said is a a good bit of imposter syndrome like feeling like you are not doing your job well enough or that you're like not even qualified to do your job or that you're incompetent I think I say that daily it's hard it's hard to have that feeling um there was at one point I don't know we were like four weeks into the semester and I know generally what I'm doing. Like, obviously I don't know everything. I'm not that experienced, but like, this is my fourth year as this type of role. So like, I I generally know what's going on. And I remember texting our supervisor about something basic, some basic part of our job that like I should know how to do and apologizing to him being like, I'm so sorry. I know how to do my job. I swear. And he's like, it's okay. Like, you're in a new place. It's all right. Mm-hmm. And so compensating for that feeling of like, I'm not good enough. I think that that has made me afraid to talk to our supervisor. Very nice person. Like, I don't think that they would ever tell me that I'm not good enough. Or if they, Never. if there was something going on, I'm sure that they would tell me in a more constructive way than like, you're not good enough. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but still it set off that like, I don't want to talk to them, but it's nothing that they did because they did nothing but reassure me. But exactly what you said, if I don't want them to think that I can't do it. Right. It's the same thing. Like I get nervous to like talk to them about things because I don't want them to be disappointed in me because I want them to believe in me. (laughs) Right. And it's so interesting because at my past institutions, I could tell my supervisors anything. They knew too much about my life. Like there were parts of it that like I probably should not have shared with them, but I did. Whereas here it just, it feels different that like, I don't want them to be disappointed. Like you said, I don't like, I want them to think of me as somebody who can do their job and do it well and not feel like I am a burden. Right. Yeah, I agree. It's tough. Burnout is tough and it manifests in so many ways. And it leads to a lot of fear that you're not good enough. Counting down the days till I can take a vacation week. That'd be beautiful. (laughs) Unrealistic, but beautiful. (laughs) Winter break. It's coming. Oh, yeah. What are we at? Like 50 or 60 something days left? Something like that. Too many. Too many days. Too many. Bring me the winter break, please. December, are you here yet? It's not even Halloween yet. We're still in spooky season. 
Oh, yeah. And I know that my RAs are getting stressed out, too, because they were like, isn't Thanksgiving break, like, two weeks away? No, not at all. (laughs) Well, that's the info on burnout. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope that you uh, took something away from our burnout, even if it's just listening to us ramble for a while about what we're going through. Hopefully you got something from it. I I hope uh, hope you enjoyed it. Not I'm sure I'm not sure if you will, but I hope you do. <laughs> yeah, and if you uh, don't, lie to us about it. Tell us it was yeah, great. please. Like, don't we don't want to know if you don't. Yeah, like, we don't want to know the truth. Don't tell us. <laughs> Unless you love it, then tell us. And then tell us. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. See ya. Bye.